Welcome to Politics and Psychology. I appreciate everyone turning in. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Well, more than being sexy or being in a healthy shape, what you feed your body will not only affect your body, but it also affects your brain. And more than just your body and brain, it also affects the DNA of your future children and grandchildren. Today, we are discussing GMOs, seedless, quote unquote, watermelon and whole foods. But first, we did have some more callers calling in to congratulate us for our third season. So let's listen to those. Hello. Thank you. That was from Love Me Hair on our Instagram DMs. And now we have a voicemail from Cindy from Virginia. I just wanted to call in and congratulate uh, Dr. Carr and her podcast team on, you know, the third season of this fabulous podcast. Um, Politics and Psychology is uh, one of uh, our family's favorite uh, weekly podcasts. So it's like, yeah, I'm so excited. So congratulations, Dr. Carr. Uh, Keep up the fabulous podcast, and we're going to keep supporting you. Thank you so much, Cindy, and love me hair, Henderson. You're now officially inducted into The Informers, which is our group for everyone who follows politics and psychology, because we are now charged with not only having this information, but using it to continue the conversation to inform others in our community, in our network, and for those that we love so they can have this information to make better decisions about their life as well as for our country. Now, in case you missed it, last week was the beginning of season three, and we also began having an uncomfortable question of the week. So the question for this week was a piggyback onto our first conversation. And we talked about diagnosing Donald, Joe, and Mitch, and if individuals who are in elected office, should they also have a mental health fitness for duty? So in continuing with that conversation, the uncomfortable question was, With gender dysphoria being a mental health condition, are persons with the disorder fit for duty in the military? So we've already received responses for that. So if you haven't already done so, you have until this Sunday to still answer. And then we'll give the poll for that on social media. So if you've been trying to improve your health or your physique, especially with this summer, we've had a lot of fresh vegetables and fruits and fresh seafood. You might think that by eating of those that you're actually helping your body. But there's actually a high probability of you hurting your body as well as damaging the cells in your body and brain for a long term. And that's because many of those fruits, vegetables, and even wild caught seafood are actually made from GM. And that's even if you're shopping at places like Whole Foods or other grocers that brand themselves as being organic. Now, here is a short list of the most common foods that should be healthy but are actually genetically modified in our country. And these are Atlantic salmon, sweet corn, squash, apples, eggplant, plums, soybeans, vitamin enriched foods, canola oil, and also granulated sugar. So what are GMOs? GMO stands for genetically modified organism. So of course, genetically refers to genes and genes are made up of DNA. And it's your DNA that gives your body the biological set of instructions for how your cells grow and develop. Modified means changed or altered. 
An organism is any individual living thing that has an organized structure and it can grow on its own. So that could be anything from fungus, a plant, animal, or a human. So when you have a GMO, it's a living thing or an organism that has had its genetic code and natural structure changed. And the reason GMOs are unhealthy to eat is because when you eat an organism that has had its DNA or its genes changed, then those changes are passed on into your own body when you eat them. And then your body and brain will either absorb the altered food or it will try to reject it. So say for example, you might think that you have a gluten allergy because your body's unable to tolerate wheats, flours, etc but it might actually be your body trying to fight off or reject the genetically modified wheat that you are eating. Or you might've been told that you have um, a lactose intolerance, but it might actually be your body rejecting the milk that you are drinking from a cow that was fed genetically modified grass, corn, or wheat. So it may not be that you actually have these disorders. It might be your body trying to protect you by rejecting these foods. Or you may not have any allergies, but you may notice that whenever you drink sugar-free sodas or have sugar-free products, that you're still gaining weight or you might still crave something sweet afterward. And that's because the sugar or the sugar substitute is genetically modified. For example, when you look at Splenda's marketing, Splenda's slogan is, it tastes like sugar because it's made from sugar. And that is partially true. But the real truth or the whole truth is that sugar is made up of three molecules. And what Splenda does is they take out one of those molecules and they replace it, replace it with a bleach molecule. So your body having more body fat is because your brain recognizes that the bleach is a poison and it produces a fat molecule specifically to surround that bleach molecule in a way to prevent your body from absorbing the toxic bleach. And this is the same for margarine. Margarine is made from canola oil and all of the canola oil in our country, unless it says organic, is made from GMO canola plant seeds. And by the way, the canola plant itself has been modified, but through natural crossbreeding of the rapeseed. And let me just give you a nerd note. The, um, the scientist who came up with the name canola is actually because he was from Canada. So canola is can, meaning from Canada, and ola, meaning from oil. So you can share that at your next event. Anyway, so as I mentioned, canola oil is a crossbred product, and this is different from a genetically modified organism or a GMO product. In crossbreeding, you take a naturally occurring living organism and you selectively breed across breeds for the specific trait that you want to see. On the human side, and this is like a funny example. A female may choose to marry a man because he has nice teeth or he's 6'4", and she wants to crossbreed with him to have children who will also have nice teeth or be tall. So we do this naturally in our environment, socially, and also when we have animals such as horses or dogs. It's the same thing. You combine the different genes of two different breeds to make a new breed of the natural organism. 
And that's why we have hairless cats or you see those very tiny teacup dogs. So that's how natural crossbreeding occurs. But this is different from GMOs because with GMOs, there is crossbreeding, but this breeding is not natural. So this is the process of making a GMO. The farmers, scientists, or corporations, they will take a single gene that has the desired trait. They will then take that single gene and insert it into the nucleus of a single cell of the living thing, which is a plant, fruit, or an animal. They're inserted into what they are trying to change. And that's why it's called modifying. Then that organism or that living thing is either treated with growth hormones to make it develop faster or to have it take on a natural developmental life cycle. Or if the organism is already growing and alive, then the DNA of that organism, such as a fruit or animal, will then start to change and grow. In both instances, the original gene that was modified will then split into two different cells and then it will continue to divide so that those two cells become four cells, become eight cells, become 16, etc. And so every time that that cell divides and multiplies into more cells, then every cell that is created from the original modified gene will now also take on and be permanently altered to be to resemble whatever that inserted altered trait was. Now, in addition to that organism being changed, every seed that comes from that modified organism will also be changed. So that means if I create a GMO apple, the seeds that are in that apple will also now be GMOs. So then I will then plant those seeds and it may seem as if it's a natural seed, but the seed itself within that seed has also been genetically modified. And so the same thing happens to your body. You're eating a food that has been genetically modified and you're eating that and your body is likely to take on or your brain those altered changes. And that's how what you eat today will affect not only your brain and your body, but then it will become part of your own reproductive system and then it will alter possibly your own DNA with those altered changes then affecting your DNA of your future children or passed down to your grandchildren. Now, when you look at how GMOs are made, the genes can be inserted within the same species, across species, or even across kingdoms. But in some instances, it's not that they are inserting a gene into a cell. They might actually be changing a particular gene with an already intact cell, or they may delete a cell so that it does not have any more of that particular trait. That's what you have when you have seedless fruits. They have taken out the reproductive ability of the seeds, and that's why you would then have sterile seeds or seedless watermelons, seedless grapes, etc. Now, because many of the seedless watermelons are sold as either all natural or falsely as organic, I'll just explain to you how you can make something seedless. So whenever you have a seedless fruit, then it's treated, we'll talk about watermelons specifically. So the seedless watermelon is treated with a chemical and that chemical then doubles the number of chromosomes in that watermelon. So instead of having two sets of chromosomes, it now has four sets of chromosomes. 
And this is what alters the natural state of the watermelon seed. That altered seed is then crossbred with a natural watermelon. And the result is a watermelon that now has three chromosomes instead of two sets of chromosomes. So whenever you see a seedless watermelon, but it still has seeds, those are actually white because they are sterile seeds and they have not fully matured into the thicker black seeds. And just to add some comparative science to our conversation about the impact of chromosomes, whenever a human has extra chromosomes, like when you would have a watermelon having extra chromosomes, in humans, you will see significant premature aging, cancer, and Down syndrome. But the companies that produce or sell seedless fruits and vegetables, they argue that, well, having a sterile seed is harmless and it's the same as how a mule is produced. But that's just not true. It's actually misleading. And what happens is that when you have a mule, it's because a donkey, which was in a natural crossbreeding with a female horse, those are two naturally existing organisms, and they are then crossbred to then create the mule. But with a seedless watermelon, it is a product of crossbreeding, but it started by genetically altering or changing the cells of at least one watermelon. So this means that even if no chemicals were added to make the seedless watermelon grow and thus falsely labeling it as organic, the fruits are in fact not organic because they had GMOs to cause them to be created or lab grown. And just because you don't add chemicals after the fact, it doesn't negate that chemicals were used during the breeding to start the breeding or the cross breeding process. So cross breeding is natural, but GMOs are unnatural. And throughout history, for at least 1,000 years, humans have used natural crossbreeding. And in the early 1990s, farmers and food manufacturers began to introduce GMOs. And this is because the farmers were looking for a way to not have their vegetables, fruits, plants, or even their cows with mad cow disease either be affected by insects, eaten by insects, they wanted to avoid having weeds growing or they wanted their crops to be able to live and to be viable during severe weather. But of course, whenever they started using these alterations, they were able to see that by using GMOs, we can not only have bigger crops, but we can also have bigger fruit. And if it looks more attractive to the human eye, then we can also increase our sales. So because the manufacturers and the farmers were able to see the economic benefits of GMOs, it became more about the financial motivation rather than any health or world starvation food shortage motivation. And so although they were producing these and putting these into our foods and making more profits for themselves, they were never telling the human population or the general consumers that they were adding in these altered food items. And so because the federal government wasn't requiring a label at that time to let us know that a food was being modified genetically, there was a lot of outlash, especially by parents or, or consumers who became aware that this was being done. And they were complaining to their elected officials. And so it wasn't until 25 years later, in the summer of 2016, 
that Congress then passed a bill that established a federal standard for labeling foods that are either made from GMOs or is a complete GMO product. And recently, in January of 2022, food manufacturers, importers, and retailers in the United States were now required to comply with a new national labeling standard for all foods that have GMOs. And they are now required to either give us this label in three types of forms. So they have to either put a statement on the package that is made with a bioengineered or a GMO, or they have to list a website or a phone number that you have to click on or go to for nutritional information, or they will have to give a QR code that links to the GMO disclaimer on their website. The problem with this is because there's so many financial profits being made by changing the food and saving on costs for the producers or the manufacturers, that they're being very sneaky about how they're putting these requirements in. So I'll give you ways to recognize those in a few minutes. So although the government intervened and required food manufacturers to either label or direct you to a label about their food being a GMO, because these food manufacturers and grocery chains were having a huge increase in their profits, then the hired um, lobbyists then began to argue that there were benefits to GMOs and they began to prove or provide tainted scientific studies, meaning they were biased or produced um, by the lab manufacturers themselves, arguing that GMO crops were beneficial to our society because they produce higher yields, meaning more crops in one time. They have a longer shelf life and are resistant to diseases and pests such as insects. They also argue that it has a longer shelf life and therefore it can have lower prices for consumers, which is why they can have lower prices at restaurants, fast food, dollar stores, um, dollar uh, menus, etc., or even the grocery store. They also will argue that with having pest-resistant crops, it means that farmers don't need to buy or use pesticides and with having less pesticides, then they're supposedly kinder for the environment. So these are the arguments, and these are the arguments that lobbyists and the companies are banking on. But if GMOs were truly harmless, and if they were truly beneficial to our bodies or to the environment, then food manufacturers and the retailers would not do so much to hide the GMO warning on their food packaging. For example, you'll see that some companies, they will add the GMO warning, but they'll write it in a very small font or a much smaller font than the rest of their ingredient list, or they'll write it and put it in a location away from the ingredients. They will also, instead of writing the acronym GMO, they will use other words such as bioengineered or highly refined. So technically, they're letting us know that it is a modified product, but they're not saying specifically that it's been genetically modified. They will also try to be clever and they'll use a QR code and tell you to then scan this code for more nutritional information. So what they're banking on is, okay, well, they're going to probably think that, oh, it's only a half a teaspoon of flour dust. And so they're not going to think it's the major components that we are hiding from them or they'll be too busy in the grocery store aisles shopping 
to then flip out their phone or go to a website scanning this QR code to then read the whole list of ingredients. So whenever you see that they are hiding their information by changing the location of the GMO warning or directing you to look at a QR code, that's a pretty obvious sign that if it was really that helpful, then wouldn't you want to let us know and use that as part of your marketing? So it then truly is not that healthy and it truly is not that beneficial, but you'd rather focus on the financial benefits to you rather than the health of your consumers. Many of the examples that are geared toward lunchbox items or to children will give you a QR code rather than blatantly listing that they are made with a GMO. You'll even see this in infant formula. So they recently began to introduce non-GMO versions or organic versions of infant formula. But before that, they were still giving this to your children. And so they may have nice commercials that are all family friendly and great images and using diversity, whatever images to show you that they care about you and your family. But in actuality, it's just a selling tactic because they're still including chemicals and they're still using altered foods, but still hiding it so that you cannot make a truly knowledgeable choice about what goes into your body or your children. So that's why we were having this conversation today. So if you're a parent, I'm going to give you all a list of easier ways. You don't have time to be in the grocery store looking through every single list. And if you're an older person, you may not have a flip phone. The screen may be too small. And again, these are what they're counting on, human variables, time variables that will deter you away from actually reading the fine print or actually going to the website to see the GMO warning. Another way to deceive the shopper is by twisting the truth about the ingredients. So you may have a product that says, made with organic and like list an organic flour or made with organic eggs, but they don't include that they also have GMOs in there. And you don't see that until you actually look at the back and see that there is a GMO warning label on there. They might also say from farm to fork, but they still don't list that it also has GMO farming, but they don't have that unless you turn around and see it on the back. Or they might even say, that it's 100% of an ingredient, but only until you look at the back and see the fine print of the ingredient list do you see that that's not really true. For example, if you go and get a box or a container of the Juicy Juice product, it will say 100% apple juice. So you're thinking, okay, good, I'm giving my child a whole food pressed fruit so it's natural and healthy for my child, no added sugars. But you look on the back of it and it clearly says it has water and it's made from a concentrate. So it's not 100% apples that have been pressed down together. So you have to be mindful that marketing is meant for you to buy rather than for you to be concerned about your own individual health. So please consider that when you're making food choices. There is also, if you're eating salmon, thinking that you, I know I've seen a lot of Instagram salmon bites or salmon cubes, you know, so that may sound really good and delicious and it actually really does because I'm getting hungry. But 
this is often a GMO deception of how they will alter the food, but still label it as wild caught salmon. And this is particularly true for the Atlantic salmon. So what the food manufacturer or the fishing industry will do is they will take a GMO fish, maybe 10, they'll take these GMO fish and then insert it into a designated area of the North Atlantic Ocean or the rivers that flow into the North Atlantic part of the ocean. Then they will allow those GMO fish to breed with the natural population. So then when they catch those fish, they can then ethically say it's wild caught, but it's unethical because they know that those natural fish have been tainted by the breeding process and the repopulation of that part of the Atlantic Ocean by fish that began as genetically genetically altered fish. And so this is the same thing that we will see at Whole Foods. Whole Foods by itself, the whole name is deceptive. But the definition of a whole food is, it's a food such as a whole grain, a meat, a seafood, a vegetable or fruit, that has zero processing. So it's considered to be whole or wholly in its natural state. But by the Whole Foods grocer having its name as Whole Foods in its name, it leaves the shopper or the public to believe that all of the foods inside Whole Foods are either a whole food or all natural. However, Whole Foods, despite their names, has numerous products on every shelf and in every aisle that contains GMOs. It's also in their coffee bars, in their pizza bar, in their salad bar, the soup bar, and their hot buffet bar. And they also sell seedless watermelon. So regardless of where you shop and regardless of what the front of a packaging will say, You do have to look at the ingredient list, but I understand that that can take up way too much time. And so um, (laughs) I was thinking about that one meme that said, um, ain't nobody got time for that. So (laughs) because that can take up way too much time, I'm going to just give you a GMO cheat sheet. So, and it only has three different directions. So number one, unless these following items are labeled as organic or non-GMO, then you can safely assume that they are genetically modified. So this is anything that's labeled seedless, Atlantic salmon of any kind, baby formula, canola oil, cereals marketed toward children, chickens and cows that are grass-fed or fed whole grains, corn, especially sweet corn, corn syrup, granulated sugar, potatoes, potato chips, tortilla chips, Cheetos, etc. Soybeans, including soy milk or any other soy product. So that's the number one. Number two, if there is a QR code or a website that specifically says scan for nutritional information, that's a very strong clue that they are hiding the GMO warning label. And number three, If it uses the word biotechnology or biologically engineered, then that means it is a genetically modified organism and it's not a whole food for you to eat. Now, although 
we cannot 100%, unfortunately, avoid GMOs, especially when you're dining out, we can still make healthy shopping decisions. And when you're feeding your body foods that have been genetically altered, remember that they can also affect your body and your brain, as well as the DNA of your future children. But I definitely care about you and your future generations too much to let that happen. So to help you confidently make healthy and safe choices, I've done all the research for you. And here are my top five guidelines of what to do to avoid genetically modified food. One, be sure to read the ingredient list on the back of the package or just use the GMO cheat sheet that I just gave you. Two, you can also only buy foods that have the organic label. Now this may sound expensive, but please understand that the actual largest or the biggest producer and seller of organic foods is the Walmart super centers. Those are the ones that have the grocery store in them. And the reason why they are the top seller is because they're able to sell organic food at a much lower price than you would get at other stores. So please don't be afraid and thinking that organic has to be expensive. And continuing with number two, try to also buy foods that have a non-GMO label or have the words non-GMO on the package. Three, do not get tricked into believing that a store that markets itself as organic or all natural is truly organic or all natural, even if the name of the store itself says that it is a whole food. Four, remember that despite the warm and fuzzy family-friendly commercials that they make or slogans that they use, any food manufacturer that uses GMOs cares more about their profits than they care about your health. For example, I mentioned earlier about the seedless watermelons. Now, seedless watermelons make up 92% of all watermelon sales in the United States. And the company that is the largest producer of these seedless watermelons is strategically controlling the watermelon supply so that they can then trademark and own all rights to any natural watermelon crops. And if you're controlling a food supply just to make a profit, that reveals just how little you truly care about everyone having access to free and healthy food. So just consider that. And then five, when possible, eat locally grown food. Most of the GMO foods that you're going to see come from large industrial farms or from large warehouses that they use to produce these GMO foods in. And you're more likely to find non-GMO food grown by your small local farms or at your farmer's market. So not only are you able to eat healthy, but you're also able to help support your local economy or your local small business. And also don't be embarrassed or too shy to even ask a local farmer or a local business if the foods are non-GMO. It's your health that you have to focus on. So that does end our time for today, my fellow informers. But as always, please continue this conversation. But remember to do so using science and love. And if you run too fast